Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine a year where a movie features a cover of a song that will single-handedly ruin all dance classes forever. Oh no. What year is that, Sandro? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. And welcome to All Around Me, our oldies and goodies. Uh, my name is Sandro, and I'm joined by Zach, and we're talking about Donnie Darko, once again proving that this podcast is actually a film bro podcast in disguise. Zacho, how are you doing today on the Film Bro Podcast? All around me are familiar soundtracks, <laughs> dancing around tracks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tra- dancing around tracks. That's a good song, though. Yeah, what a what a banger! I would say mm. certified hood classic. I mean, Donnie Darko was was wearing a hoodie, mm. so it's a hood. It's a hood classic, exactly. And it's from two thousand and one. And as we all know, that therefore makes it a classic. It is old at that point. Well, people love this movie. People think this movie is really cool, and it's called Donnie Darko. Before we give any first impressions, oh, all right, uh, we watch the director's cut because it's the director's cut, and it's the one that the director wants you to watch. Yeah. Even though everyone on the internet screams that the theatrical cut is better, but I, no, we watch the director's cut. <laughs> is the theatrical cut longer? The theatrical cut uh, has got no puzzle pieces to put together what's happening. <laughs> well, then it is wrong and stupid. <laughs> um, something else is stupid about this movie, but Zach, what did you think of Tony Tarko? <laughs> what do you mean? This film was, uh, was, was alright. I enjoyed it. I kind of liked it. Okay. Probably not for the reasons it should. Uh, Like, uh, I don't know. I liked the weird aspect of it. I liked the weird story where it was like, what the fuck is going on sort of thing. Mm. I liked uh, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. That was fun. I enjoyed trying to piece this fuck up of a puzzle together. Mm. And then I enjoyed some of it. I enjoyed watching it. I liked it. You enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching it. I'll say I enjoyed watching it. I don't think it's the best film, but like it was way more sci-fi than I expected. Oh yeah, uh, we are we are in ho- horror month, but this is not a horror film. <laughs> so. It kind of is though, because it's got horror elements. Oh, it's got some jump scares. Yeah, it's more of a dark movie, not a horror movie. Yeah, that's true. It's true. What did you think, Sandro? Uh, look, I'll preface this, I've seen it before on TV, ah. uh, and I already, like, know all the all the fan theories and shit. Um, I- this is- this- this movie has a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah! Cast is great. I think it looks really good. 
Um, it introduced a whole era of teenagers into the idea of picking apart movies to figure out what the meaning is. Mm. Like, they weren't just doing that in film class. Now they were doing it for fun. And I think that's cool. But I also think this movie's really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) This is a dumb movie. It doesn't- it's not deep. This is not a deep film. This is a movie with a bunch of half-baked ideas that do not add up. That tricks people into thinking it's smart because it's made like a David Lynch movie. But Sandro, I watched it and I think it's... I think it's this and I think I'm smart, Sandro, because I figured it out. Well, if this movie makes you feel smart, great, but... (laughs) You can't, this is not fucking Lost Highway. This is not a a memento. This is a teen movie with a bunch of unanswered questions. Mm. (laughs) That's all this is. That's my hot take that everyone disagrees with. You're allowed to dislike a film, (laughs) I think. I don't dislike it. I think it's fine. It's like, it's... It's got some cool- I love the imagery of the Rabbit Man. Yeah, the Rabbit Man, that was great. I loved it. It was very funny. Oh, and I think the script is really cringy. Oh, yeah. And not in a good way, but also in a funny way, so I can't, like, hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I thought it was cringy in a funny way. This was very funny to me, but also very 2001, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was very cringe. Yeah, it's more like cringy cringo. <laughs> That that was high-level comedy. We're going to switch up the format. We're going to give our takes on what's happening, and then we're going to go through, like, key moments of the movie. We're not doing the whole synopsis because, honestly, there's too much. Mm, mm. (laughs) We could could be here for for longer than the film talking about the film. Or Or we could not. We could do a discussion and, and have it be fun. But before we do discussions... Um, a few things. Number one, what else did I have to pick from this week? But before you talk about that, number two... <laughs> well, uh, we said last week that there's a new Patreon episode out, but then we pushed it to this week because it it's a horror film and we weren't doing a horror film on the main show this week, so we're going to do a horror film on Patreon this week. And it's called The Others with Nicole Kidman, It's Haunted House and Spooky Times. So that's out on Wednesday. Check it out, I guess. Woo! But speaking of twists, what else came out this week? That wasn't even a segue. I didn't reference twists. What a twist. The segue itself was horrible. (laughs) Just like the other horror that we could have picked. Uh, We have Ahsoka. Not the Star Wars one. Boom. Uh, An epic historical drama musical from India. A chronicle of corpses. Oh, sounds like a bloody regular Thursday night on the drinks, boys. (laughs) Oh, yeah, mate. Absolute fucking bang of that. Alright, it's a gothic art house film about what it would be like to witness a series of murders in a house <gasps> through a telescope. Oh remember telescopes? <laughs> what a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when they became outdated and we never used them ever again. No, we don't use them. Never. There's no point in using telescopes anymore. Yeah, yeah. What a throwback. <laughs> Bones! It's Snoop Dogg plays a murdered guy that rises from the grave to get revenge. Could be really fun, not gonna lie. The poster looks sick. Yeah. Snoop Dogg looks cool AF. Cool AF. I want to do this film. Put it on the list. It's already on the list. It's there from last week. (laughs) K-Pax. 
Uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, put him in the fucking grave. Really Move on. Uh, <laughs> next, right. uh, next option. On the line, Ooh. a guy meets a woman on the train but forgets to ask her number. So he has to start marketing style campaign to try and find her. Yeah, I think that sounds really cute. I think that sounds stupid. Until I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, I was like, that's actually, that could be a good film. But then I saw the score and I went, never mind. It could be, but it's not. And also the concept is dumb. No. 13 ghosts. A widower inherits the house of his ghost hunter uncle. Spoilers! It's a little haunted. Yeah, that one, I mean, looks really dumb, but also very funny. It's like a remake of an old film as well, which, you know. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do that one. Yeah. But, um. But, uh, instead, I picked the non horror. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, again, a little bit spooky, a little spook. Yeah, and I think as well, like, 2001, this is a very popular movie from that year mm, mm. that everyone on the internet talks about. So it's time to throw our opinions into the mix because people care about that, apparently. I don't know. No! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. Donnie Darko was released October 26th in 2001. It is written and directed by Richard Kelly. It's his first ever movie after doing a couple shorts. Mm. Uh, he did a couple other movies after this, including a thriller film called The Box, in 2009, which was his last film to date. Um, I think he's been working on the sequel to Donnie Darko since then. Oh, okay. The question is, what's in the box? What's in the box? It's definitely not a plot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think think he wrote a really cool script, uh, purposefully made it ambiguous. Yeah. And then, I don't know, the fan base were like, it means so many things. For this movie? And that ruined the movie. What ruined the movie for you were the fans making up fan theories about it. No, no, fans thinking the mo- it's smart. Oh, right. I mean, I guess it is smart, but also, no, it's not. <laughs> the fans thinking it's smart ruined the movie for you. I'm just trying to point out, I don't think this is a problem with the movie or, or really a problem with the fans themselves. I think it's a problem with you. No, look, it's like, it's like when you watch, it's like when a movie is like overhyped, you know? Yeah. It's like when everyone's like, oh my God, you got to go watch this new big blockbuster. It's so much fun. And then you watch it and you're like, this is very average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely if you've been told it beforehand and you have the prior expectation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. You you were expecting something a little a little bit brainier, a little bit more big brain. Yes. Instead, this was like a Jaden Smith song, and it was very fake woke. What do you, What do you think of uh, just a left field thing? The whole uh, Inception ending thing. Ah, oh, it's just a creative choice that doesn't really matter or impact the film at all. Right. It's just a really good movie that ends with a well. What do you think? And then you're left to be like, cool. And then you move on. Because that's left deliberately and ambiguously. Yeah. Well, this movie does feel very Nolan in that, yeah, it's quite ambiguous and made to make you think. It's not as um, Mm. annoying as Nolan gets. Like, after Inception, he got annoying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kind of got into his head, as it were. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I think, like... Inception has enough puzzle pieces for you to put it together, whereas mm. Donnie Darko, I don't know. I think the director was like, I'm really smart. I'm going to intentionally 
leave out the puzzle pieces unless you read this book or unless you watch this other version of the movie. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Inception's not really a puzzle. No. It just has a little bit of a little thing in it, whereas this movie is the whole- the whole thing is the ambiguous. Yeah, that's the whole selling point. You're a connoisseur of them, that's the problem. Mm. You're- you're too used to the- the high vintage yes. wines on the top shelf to come down and drink this goon bag of a movie. You're like, what is this shit? <laughs> this is a goon bag of Lynch films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. Actually, it kind of- it, it kind of is like the goon bag version of Mulholland Drive. It's very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'll drink some goon. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I some goon. It's- it's fun. It's cheap. It's funky. You know. I think I'll for the American goon. audience, a goon bag bag is like it's like <laughs> it's cheap boxed wine <laughs> boxed wine cheap cheapo wine cheapo wine that you see people drinking on the side of the street just it's yeah. just what they do that's just what you do anyway the cast of this movie is fucking massive so i'm just going to go through all right all of them the main character donnie darko played by jake gyllenhaal Mm. This was um, his second breakout movie. His first was October Sky, more of a drama. And then this one, more of a teen hit. So he kind of got both the mainstream young audience and also the, oh, he's a very good actor, cast him in the acting movies. So he got Mm. them both. Unlike the regular non-acting movies. No. Well, and he's continued to do that. He's in great acting movies like Nightcrawler, and then he's also in Spider-Man and the new Michael Bay movie, where you don't really need to act, but you also need to be good in them. And the new Michael Bay movie, he's really good in it. It's actually a good film. I was surprised. What about what about Spider-Man? You didn't Spider-Man's say great. He's good in Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't say he was good in that one. No, I think everyone's really good in Spider-Man. You just don't really need to act. You just got to be fun. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it is Marvel. Oh, no, I'm Tom Holland. Well, granted, Tom Holland has to put on an accent. Yeah. So he is kind of acting. I think Tom Holland, he's a good boy. He's a good lad. I think Jake Gyllenhaal's really good in this, but he does this one smile. Yeah, yeah. That looks <laughs> odd. I don't know. It is, it is cringe. That's, he does the, like, Joker smile. Yeah. He does the, he does the, like... Oh, I'm crazy smile that people think is what crazy people do. It is pretty cringe. No, he's really good in this. I think he's good and obviously deserves all the amazing movies he got afterwards. Uh, Playing his sister, Elizabeth Darko, is his real-life sister, Maggie Gyllenhaal, who's also from The Dark Knight. She's Martha, and she's in other good movies like Adaptation with Nicolas Cage. It's very fucking good. Um, She is barely in this movie and should be in it more. Yeah. Uh, But I think she's good in the scene she's in. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, hey, I recognize this. This is fun. Well, you like, they've got a real brother-sister dynamic going on. Yeah, this feels very natural. This mm. feels like it almost it could be the, the real in real life. Well, it bloody was, mate. I'll bloody Whoa! break it to you. Fucking this movie's deep, actually. <laughs> wow, this movie's so deep. You see, he, they were method acting because they're actually siblings. <laughs> 
They've been method acting their whole lives for this. Yeah. Wow, we're reaching the bottom of the goon bag here. <laughs> uh, you've also got playing the younger sister, Samantha Darko, who may be the main character in a certain sequel we won't talk about until the end of the movie, but maybe we'll review it on Patreon because I kind of want to fucking see it because it looks like a Ooh. bloody disaster, mate. DeVay Chase plays Samantha Darko. She is the voice actor for Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. <gasps> what? Yeah. No way. I love Lilo and Stitch. That's crazy. I didn't know that. She's also the creepy well girl who comes out of the TV in the American version of The Ring. Wow. She has a she has a lot of like that is a spectrum going from Lilo and Stitch to the fucking ring. <laughs> yeah. Like I know. that's a fucking range and a half. That's pretty good. That's like voice acting for a kid's Disney film to acting as a horror cri- That's like, that's crazy. Good honor. You also got Mary McDonnell as the mum. She's the president in Battlestar Galactica. She's great in that. Uh, and, and she's here too. Gina Malone is Gretchen, the love interest. She's in The Hunger Games. Um, I think yep. she's in two to four of The Hunger Games. She's also in a great art film called The Neon Demon, which is where I know her from. Ooh, that does sound pretty cool. It's pretty good. It's all about the fashion. Ooh. Frank Duvall is Frank the Rabbit. No, his name's James Duvall, but he plays Frank the Rabbit. Anyway... <laughs> Um, he hasn't done much. He hasn't done much. He's done, like, some teenage movies. Mm, mm. He was good. He's a very spooky rabbit. Patrick Swayze is Jim Cunningham, the self-help guy. Um, he, 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 he was in Dirty Dancing. He's in Ghost. We saw him last mm. year in Steel Dawn. Do you remember Steel Dawn? I barely remember it. I remember, I remember a lot of Steel Dawn that I wish I didn't. Mm. I, by that, I mean, not that it's bad. It's just that it's using space in my brain currently. And it the is. fact that you brought it up and now I'm remembering it. It's I'm like, stay this is, yeah, this is in my head now. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think he is fantastic in this movie. Mm. I fucking love the self-help VHS tapes they watch in class. He is yeah, so yeah. funny. It is very funny. It is very funny. Uh, Drew Barrymore, briefly in this as the teacher Karen. She's also the producer of the... Sh- her production company helped make this movie a thing. Because wow. it is technically an independent movie. Uh, and, and it got made because of her production company. Um, so she's, wow. she's good. Obviously, we love her on the show. We've done stuff. Uh, we've reviewed movies of her when she was a kid. It's funny... Because of what happens in the film, that she was actually, like, she was, like, also funding the whole thing. Like, you know, not that, but, you know, like, help making the thing, but also her character is, like, kind of screwed over. Yeah. Which is funny. Uh, And the last big cast member to talk about would be another teacher, Kitty, is played by Beth Grant, uh, who's in Speed and and No Country for Old Men. She's a, a very popular character actor who plays a teacher that you just love to hate. She's so annoying, mm. but great. She's great. Oh, no, she's great. She is, she is, wow. We all know a person like her and just, oh boy. <laughs> she is the umbrage of this, uh, this movie. And then we've got a bunch of small actors showing up doing small roles. Like Jerry Trainer from iCarly plays Lanky Kid. I don't know why I brought that one up. That <laughs> one's not. I've... I love iCarly. No, that's great. One of the the big surprises for me is this is the film debut of Seth Rogen. He plays one of the bullies. Oh, yeah. His first ever line of dialogue on film is, "I like your boobs." <laughs> 
It's the first thing he ever said in the movie. Good on you, Seth Rogen. And he's lived by that for the rest of his career. Franz Cans plays the guy who's dressed up as a clown at the end. Ah, oh, the other guy. Yeah, he's in Cabin in the Woods, but he also directed a drama recently called Mass, oh. which is fantastic. There you go. Yeah, he has like two seconds on screen as well, so that's very funny. And then one that I bet you probably picked up on is um, Ashley Tisdale as one of the young girls during the self-help section of the movie. Uh, it's Sharpay from high school as like a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very funny. What the f- were so many small actors who were just like- You're, you're saying they're all in this together? <sighs> Cause we know who we are. Zach, you need to bloody get your head in the game and pop, pop, pop <laughs> to the top, mate. <laughs> so from the critics, this is 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty high. 80% audience score. That's also pretty high. 8 out of 10, 4 out of 5, everywhere. Yeah. Does it deserve to be that high? Well, according to one person, no. Me. <laughs> but, That's me. But, <laughs> uh, I would say that high, but like, I'd give this like, I don't know, 7.5. Like, okay. I'd put it up there. You know, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. People seem to enjoy it, and I'm good on them. They're allowed to enjoy it. And I mean, everybody seems to agree. Even the critics and the audience seem to agree it's around an 80%. Like, every every single person who has watched this has been like, you know what? This is pretty good. Well, just like Donnie Darko in his small conservative <laughs> yeah. town, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm being as the counterpoint. I'm just different, mate. You're different. You're cool. You're the main character of this yeah, story. That's right. And I'm like, oh, it's more of like a 60%. <laughs> Ooh, savage. Absolute savage. And it also cost $4.5 million. It's cheap. 4.5? Wow, yeah, that's really cheap. It is quite cheap. Uh, What do you think it made in the box office? Oh, I'm going to say... Ooh, I'm going to go high. Yep. I'm going to guess 80. 80 million for Donnie Darko. Yeah. This made $7.5 million. 7.5? Wow, that's a lot lower than I thought. It bombed. It picked up an extra $4 million for the director's cut, because that was released in theatres as well. So it's like huh. 11 to $12 million. Well, it's still a lot of profit, though, right? I mean, you, you put in advertising into that, um, which is the reason this movie bombed, Zach. Oh. It is because of the advertising. Oh, no. Because um, a big plot point of the start of the movie is a plane crashing, right? Yeah. Well, uh, the time when advertising would have been on TV and before movies and around the world mm. would have been uh, during the month of September, mm. just after 9-11. So they pulled advertising. Oh, no. Oh, dear. That is unfortunate. It was barely advertised because of 9-11. Um, but it was a huge hit on home release, obviously. And now we're watching it today, like... Got a lot of people watching it, even nowadays. Mm. Disagreeing with Sandra, it's pretty good. Uh, a bunch of bunch of taglines. Gotta give thumb up or down. Tagline number one: You can never go too far. I mean, you can. You can absolutely go too far. That is that is a definite thing you can do. Yep, you can <laughs> do that. Objectively, you really can. I mean, I guess the point of this movie is that he kind of can. But this is a dumb line. Next. Be afraid of the dark. 
I hate that with a fucking passion. What? Yeah, what? What is the... What? Because Darko... Oh, he's Darko. Be afraid of him. Be afraid of the dark. Yeah, but that makes it sound like a horror movie. Yeah, I know. Actually, watching the trailer for this would be really interesting to see if they do sell it as a horror movie. Yeah, I'll have to do yeah. that later. But yeah, no, that's a dumb tagline. Uh, it's dumb. Correct. What would you do if you knew the future? Uh, that's a bit of line. That one's pretty now good, we're actually. getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what would you do? That is a good question. Thumb up or thumb down for that one, mate? Oh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, sure. thumbs up. How about life is one long insane trip? Some people just have better directions. <laughs> oh, that that one was good up until it crashed on the landing. Some of better directions? He doesn't have direct he's he's making it up as he goes. Like he's he knows a day and that's it. Yeah, the whole point is he doesn't have any directions and he's trying to figure that out. That's yeah. literally like the whole point of the film is he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. The whole point of the film is it's ambiguous. Is it trying to say that everyone else has directions and he does not? No, I don't think so. No, I think it's just dumb. Thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, great. And then the final tagline is dark, darker, darker. <laughs> that's a fucking like. That's like a. It's like a hair product ad. <laughs> dark. Darker, Darko. <laughs> Go with Darko hair products. You won't get any darker hair than with Darko. Because you deserve it. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Darker. <laughs> Maybe it's Darker. <laughs> hair products are dark. Some are darker, but none of them are darker. <laughs> Oh, God. I hate that, but it's so accurate as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give that one a thumbs up. That's great. Because <laughs> that's very stupid. Someone was paid to come up with that. Hey! Hey! Hello! Welcome to 100 Horrors, a comedy podcast that seeks to rank the best 100 horror films of all time, as dictated to us by a poster that one of us owns. Every week we bicker over another film in an attempt to give it an overall scare factor and secure its place in the 100 Horrors list. With features such as... And <laughs> what would you say to them at a We take a light-hearted approach to horror cinema so that it can be enjoyed by even the most squeamish of listeners. So whether you're the person who's never seen a horror film in their life or the person who has a tattoo of Leatherface on the right arse cheek, there's something to be enjoyed in every episode of 100 Horrors! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now the spoilers, all the spoilers towards, if you haven't seen it, I don't know, watch it, I guess, if you don't want to be spoiled. Which, I like, I don't think it's a great movie, but also, it's probably worth watching. If you like movies that are dumb, but also don't tell you things, so you have to come up with your own sort of plot, mm. it's a pretty fun movie. If you like figuring things out, a little bit of puzzle, a little bit of thinker, and also a dumb teen dramas then you probably like this yeah we'll we'll get into like some highlight moments and quotes and stuff that we've got notes that we re have written down but a lot of the time we're like eh, you probably haven't seen this movie so we're going to explain the plot for this episode 
we're kind of expecting people to have watched it <laughs> um, because yeah. it's a very popular it's like, movie. We've done this before with another one. Which one was it? Uh, Memento? Oh, that was on Patreon, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, what are you saying? Are you saying to go and listen to my example, you'd go have to subscribe to the Patreon? You would have to. I like our, pa- our, our Memento episode a lot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. All right, uh, let's do some theories. It's time for the question. <laughs> the question that people have been asking since 2003. Uh-huh. What do you think Donnie Darko is about, Zach? You're going to love this theory. It was all just a dream. Oh, there we fuck go. You. Done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see oh, it. Oh, that's it. I can see it. Because we see him in a bed at the end, right? Yeah. So he just dreams the whole thing. He rolls over and, he, and then he dies. Spoiler. That's the entire movie. That's what you think the movie's about? Yep. That's the whole movie. Okay. Uh, wh- why? What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I have other real theories. (laughs) I mean, it's a pretty good theory. It's like a shrug theory that I would give. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, that's literally like the just like, you could explain any movie if you just go, it's a dream. It's a dream. This is just a story made up by a guy who directed a film. Whoa! Boom. Oh my god, that's a pretty deep theory. (laughs) That's a pretty deep theory. Yeah, no, but um, you have lots of theories. Like, so one uh, is the time travel theory. Time travel. Where uh, you take what's kind of happening more literally, I guess. Yeah. Um, Where... Uh, something's gone weird with all timey-wimey. So he uh, gets a visit by a time echo. A time echo of uh, Frank, yeah. Yes, a time echo of Frank. Because if you time travel, it sort of breaks down your reality. They do explain that in the film. They're like, hey, if you do all this shit... That reality is just going to go fucking down the drain. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. It's going to fuck everything up. Frank pops up to him, explains what's going to happen in the future, and he's like, oh, shit. And, of course, Dottie Darko being confronted by this guy, he starts seeing breaks in the time continuum, as it mm, were. Yep, yep, yep. The problem with this theory specifically is that no one else sees anything. It's just a darker. Yeah. Well, I guess Frank would see it. Oh, yeah. Frank sees it, obviously. Because he's shot at the end and then I guess would travel back in time if you're doing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Frank obviously sees it as well. Yeah. But um, it's more like, why does no one else notice these time continuancy weirdness? I mean, maybe the old lady. Old lady. Well, she wrote the book. The book that explains the whole plot. And of course he starts seeing weird things like people's like time projection. Mm. Where it's like where they are intended to go. Yes. Or intending. Yes. Which brings up the whole like, uh, what's it? Free will sort of thing. Do we have free will or is everything preordained? Yep, that's a part of this movie as well, yeah. Could possibly for that theory be that because uh, Frank essentially changes the timeline by saving him at the start of the film. Mm. Darko's not meant to be alive, so his time projection's not meant to be there. And that's why he keeps seeing all the weird time differences, is because he is one of those time differences. That would make sense. If it is, yeah, like a time travel thing, Yeah, it was meant... But then why does... Mm-hmm. Because if 
If Darko shoots Frank yep. in the timeline that's not meant to happen, yep. and then Frank goes back in time to stop that from happening yep. so that Darko dies to fix the timeline, yep. that's just a grandfather paradox. Uh, yes. You know? Like, then who shoots Frank to make him go fix the timeline? If he's fixed the timeline by having Darko killed. <laughs> well, you could go back to the old grandfather paradox where the grandfather paradox starts out by one timeline having having a Frank get shot, right? Yeah. And then it starts a loop. The loop theory is a popular one that I've seen pop up around this movie, yeah. Yeah, because the, the whole movie is a loop. That's the whole time theory is. Yeah. That it starts with the ending of the movie, so it's one big loop, and it just keeps happening over and over and over. Yeah, I've seen that one pop up a few times, and mm. I can see it. I can see it. But yes, it is the classic grandfather paradox. Is like yeah, the the, the the chicken on the egg. Did the Franco or the shot in the Franco? Who did it? Who shot the thing? But 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 the ending of the movie is interesting because it's like. Gretchen being like, I think I know that mum from somewhere, but obviously she doesn't because time has been reset because of the whole thing. So she never actually met Darko because he's dead yeah. before they could meet. But she's got deja vu. What does that fucking mean? Mm. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. But but also, for the sake of making theories, I don't know, maybe that 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 would lean into the time loop thing. Every time you have deja vu, it's because the timeline has been reset because mm, that's a good idea. This all happened. See, that's a good idea. There's a bunch of really cool ideas in this movie. Yeah, that would be a great film about deja vu. It's like, well, every time you got deja vu, yeah, it's because the timeline reset. Like, they just make a movie about that. That would be cool. But this movie packs in so many ideas that it just kind of becomes a mess of like different theories and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it kind of like that by design, but you're not a fan of it. I... You would like it to be a bit more cleaner, a bit more... Yeah. Just do two ideas and do them well, rather than bring up a bunch of ideas and not address any of them. You could do multiple <laughs> ideas, it's just do them well, you're saying. It was a little messy, it was a little messy. I have one final theory, uh, because you'll like this one. He's just fucking crazy, dude. What?! <laughs> Yeah, he's a fucking whack job. Ah, uh, it's the Joker theory. <laughs> yeah, it's the Joker theory. He's just fucking crazy. He's just fucking seeing this dead rabbit guy. Like, what the fuck? That's a pretty good theory. That's yeah, a pretty yeah. Solid theory. He just imagines this whole scenario that's happening. It doesn't explain the ending, but it is a good theory. Like, if the ending didn't happen, I think it's good. Oh no, no, the ending just happens. It's just it just randomly happens to happen. What would make that theory work is, yeah, like, he's just having a mental break, and then at the very end of the movie, I know, he's like, to save the world, I've got to go into this, I've got to drive my car into the lake, because oh, there's something right. about time travel is water and steel or whatever, you combine what? them and you time travel. It's in, like, one of the excerpts of the, of the books. Time travel is is water and steel or whatever. So he's like, I've got to drive my car into a lake, and then he dies- and then he has the fever dream that he saved the world or something because of his death. I don't know. Yeah, no, I would say the beginning of this film is just a fever dream that he has because of not taking his meds. True, he does say that constantly throughout the movie. <laughs> and it just so happens that he also dies in the way he predicts it. 
My theory... Well, there's the popular theory. Mm-hmm. The popular theory that I've seen is... You are a populist scum. I am a populist man. <laughs> um, I like the populist, yes. Uh, quite, uh, popular theory is uh, quite popular. Um, yeah. It's the theory that, like, the direct... Because there's... In the director's cut that we saw, there's, like, the excerpts of the book that Grandma Death wrote. And it's got a whole bunch of stuff in there about, like, alternate realities. So, so something happened... Where we've got, like, this bubble universe that's kind of popped into existence because Darko hasn't died. Yeah, yeah. It's this, like, bubble universe where the whole world's gonna fucking end or something, I don't know. There could be something in the movie to suggest that, yeah, if one universe uh, is destroyed, it causes a domino effect. But I don't think they ever mention that. Oh, I don't think the entire universe is going to be destroyed. I just think that little bubble universe where Darko lives is going to de-exist. So then does that mean that the whole movie doesn't matter? Because... Yes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) What? You've seen the ending. No, but, like, that idea then means... Although, no, 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 because he causes the jet engine to be destroyed because he's got telekinesis powers and he he rips the engine. That's a part of the movie. Yeah, he doesn't do that. The timeline ripping itself apart does that. No, no, no. The movie earlier said that there's the guy who's going to fix the timeline or whatever is going to have super strength, which is why he puts the axe into the dog's head. And they're going to have telekinesis powers. And that's how the engine got ripped off the plane. What the fuck? Yeah. It just goes into a storm and then the storm rips it out and it's taken there. I, I, what? This is in the movie. This is in the film. I thought it was just timeline bullshittery that put that there. I mean, it is that. But then the director's also like, oh, i got to cover my bases with dumb sci-fi bullshit. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? That's a theory in the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, okay, all right. That, you know what? That, that, that's a good theory. I like it. He's fucking timeline Jesus. He's got to kill himself to save everyone. Yeah, yeah. I was about to <laughs> say, that's crazy. No, my my thing was that the timeline one, the timey-wimey one, is the one that I subscribe to. Uh, which could go into the alternate universe one. They kind of mix together where, like, because the timeline's been broken, it it makes this alternative branch mm. that can't exist. And so it it will collapse on itself. Yeah. In whatever, like a month or whatever it says, you know. In- yeah, at the end of October. On Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. And that collapse causes the storm, which causes the plane to, to crash, the engine to be ripped off. Yeah. Which causes the start of the timeline. And it starts this loop. No, that, that works. That does work. But there's a lot of grandfather paradox there, because not only do you have the Franco grandfather paradox, you also have the engine paradox there. Yeah, because it's like, because something needs to cause the engine to fall into the vortex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it his psychic powers, Sajo? Because that was your theory, wasn't it? Well, that is in the movie. That's in the director's cut, where they're like, the person who's going to fix the time thing is gonna have powers i think his powers are the fact that he sees the future and can see and see people's images that's his psychic powers his super strength thing might be throwing the accent i just thought the like timeline had weakened the material so he was but that able doesn't, to Im- that doesn't make it a time loop because it could only happen once because the plane can only because as soon as the plane engine falls into it 
into the vortex and kills Darko. No, that's that's the ending. That's the ending of the loop. The loop is that he gets saved by Frank. Yeah, but if he doesn't cause the engine to fall into it, then it just would have happened anyway, right? That's what I'm saying. No, well, my psychic theory is, like, in order to save all the universes, he has to sacrifice himself by doing dumb power bullshittery (laughs) to make an engine fall into a vortex. No, I think the way he sacrifices himself is that he stays in his bedroom and doesn't leave. Because he knows it's going to happen, right? So he chooses to stay in his room, so he, like, closes the timeline. Oh, yeah, because the scene where he does die in his room, he's laughing, so he knows what's going on. He's like, ha-ha, I saved the world, I'm fucking time Jesus, and then he dies. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Um, exactly. If he doesn't stay there, the loop just continues over and over again. Because he goes out, gets saved by Frank, does the movie... That it the so so what I'm saying is the ending of the movie is the closing of the timeline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you replace the ending of the movie with the start of the movie, it would just keep going. It would right? keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, no, no. That 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 all checks out. I'm just yeah. It's just something. I don't know. The whole power thing. I think the reason why I grasped onto that was because there mm. is that um that clip in the film where it's like yeah the person to fix it will have great strength and this and that and all that and i'm like yeah okay fucking whatever he's a superhero yeah yeah um, that was weird that that does that does mess with my theory a little bit yeah but also it's really dumb yeah that he <laughs> because if he's going to have mind powers to rip an engine off show him doing the fucking professor x <laughs> thing you know he's got his no, finger to his no, that would make it way more stupid <laughs> this movie's already stupid so just go full ham yeah 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 <laughs> but i would have hated that um so here's my other thing right so he shoots frank how does frank then keep popping up. How? What powers does Frank? He's just a regular guy in a rabbit costume who gets shot in the eye. How does he go back in time? That's a problem. That's a problem with your theory, not mine. Yeah, he's a time glitch. But why him as well? Well, because he's got the rabbit outfit, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Why? No, uh, because he meets like it's just uh, it just so happens to be a character he meets at the end of the time loop. Yeah, which is like so he was. And he shoots him with a gun he's holding, so perhaps it's like he is the most connected. Yeah, he's tied the most to Darko and the end of the world, so. At, at the end of the world there, like, yeah. Maybe. There's some, there's some weird, so this movie is very, it's not anti-religion, uh, but the movie, it, it's making a big point, and it's some of the best stuff in the movie is that it's like being the counterpoint to a small conservative town, it's like, well, this guy, he he's saying it like he like it is. He's like that Jim Cunningham man, or he 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 just wants your bloody money and other things that we'll get to later. Um, so he's kind of like rebelling against the system, but also it does briefly bring it up when he sees the destiny CGI things coming out of people's chests. Oh yeah. We never see anyone not follow those destiny things either, which could have been a really interesting idea if what causes the end of the world is Darker was like, I see my destiny wants me to go that way, but I'm going to go this way. And then he makes that that choice. And then the world is like, well, now I'm going to end because you just broke destiny. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's like a cool idea and a cool visual that they bring up and then don't really do anything with. It's just there to bring up the theory, the scientific theory of this topic. But now we're not going to do anything with it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. It's part of his, like, powers, I guess. And um, that would be interesting, the whole, like, try... He could have tried to stop someone moving in a direction. Mm. Like, he sees their thing and goes, hey, and, like, grabs them and stops them. That would have been a cool scene, definitely. I think that yeah. would have been good. Even if it's just something like, oh, my dad's going to get up and turn off the TV. I'm going to stop him from turning off the TV. Yeah. And then, I don't know, the, there's, like, an ad for rabbits on the TV or something. No, no, no. And then the TV <laughs> turns off by itself. Oh, by itself. That would be cool. That's a cool idea. That's a cool, again, another cool movie idea. We've got the deja vu movie idea. Another cool movie idea is break. Although that is kind of just the butterfly effect, but you know, it's like breaking your destiny. Um, but yeah, no, it's weird how he's like. But if there's no free will, higher being God, yeah, and then the teacher's yeah. like, I could use, I could lose my job f- f- for talking about this. So fuck off, kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why he said that. I guess I guess the school must be like a religious like it's I a think small it is, yeah. town religious school yeah it's just not brought up so much I like when it's brought up that he's not an atheist oh he's agnostic yeah yeah he's agnostic I think that's that's very good I liked that that was a cool moment yeah yeah so not saying it's anti-religious it's just like not perhaps agreeing with everything there yeah it's like. The movie wants to be scientific, but also wants to be like, but maybe there's a higher power. Who fucking knows? And then the movie doesn't answer any of those questions, which fair enough. But I do think for me, I don't know about you, but for me, the best moments of the movie are where Darko is rebelling against people in the school. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the best scene is where the teacher is like, all right, you've got a bunch of scenarios on those cards. You're going to read them out and then you're going to put them on this line here. It's either going to be fear or love. Where does that scenario fall between fear and love? And then Darko's like, fuck you, (laughs) you dumb. Yeah, this is stupid. No, the world isn't black and white. He's like, this is all very stupid. This is very dumb. And she's like, well, you're going to get a fucking F, son. And he's like, yeah, well, how about this? F you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> he tells her to forcibly insert the scenario card into her anus. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Direct quote. But another thing, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I'm being a big brain. I'm on the movie's wavelength. Oh, you got a huge brain? The scenario card he got was, um, you find someone's wallet with money in it. Do you return it to the police uh, with the money or without the money or something like yeah. that? It's like you have the, the, the wallet, you keep the money, but then you return the wallet. Later in the movie, he picks up the wallet. Mm. Of Patrick Swayze, which gives him the address of Patrick Swayze to burn down Patrick Swayze's house, which is a bad thing. But turns out Patrick Swayze, big pedophile man. Yes. So good thing, actually. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that he just burned down this pedophile's house. And it's very funny with uh, the, like, lady who was, like, in love with him. Like, she's either has to double down on her love or admit she's been fawning after this pedophile mm-hmm. yeah which is uh not great which is interesting but also another interesting theory mm. is because time's reset the pedophile he's still at large uh yeah maybe not good things come out of reset maybe some bad things come from reset too oh absolutely makes you think big brain movie actually kind of not really you could <laughs> you could say <laughs> you really hate trying to call this one you really hate admitting that this this movie is a cinematic masterpiece Sandro. 
I mean, no, no. Okay, so 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 what annoys me about this movie is people think it's deep. I don't think it's deep. I just think it's fun to talk about in like a science fiction sort of way. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of clever writing, but it's not, it's not a deep movie in that it's not like all the big themes and thematics and, and ideas yeah, and stuff. It itself almost isn't inherently deep. It just brings up concepts that you can think deeper about. Yeah, it's like a conversation. It's like a book you'd read in school to start a conversation. Oh, wait a second. That's a plot in the movie. <laughs> it's more like it's a it's a dark movie. Oh, I hate that. A Donnie Dark movie. A Donnie Dark movie. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of um the moments in the movie where the movie stops so they could have discussions about books? Um, I, th- I thought that was fine. I, look, they they just wanted to spout a bit about books and stuff. Like, because he's meant to be a writer, right? Like, that's what he wants to be when he grows up. Yeah. And writing is a big, like, the story is a big part of this film. So it brings up, although I don't like how he shit on Watership Down, uh, because that was a great book. I love that it's book. It's a good book. And he's like, yeah, it's a good why book. do we give a shit about these fucking rabbits? <laughs> Which is quite funny, because obviously his friend is- his um, his imaginary friend, quotation marks, is is a guy in a giant rabbit costume, so it's it's, it's rather funny. But then, like, a girl is- uh, his girlfriend's like, no, we should care about the rabbits because we are applying human aspects to them. We are making them human, and the author wants us to care about them, so we should care about them. And he's like, I don't give a shit, fuck you. <laughs> I think the director read Watership Down as a, like, a kid, and he's like, I fucking hate this shit, and he just wanted to spout that in the movie. Oh, there's parallels between Watership Down and this movie, though, because the rabbit in that sees visions of death and destruction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's a little little bit of a fun gag. Um, The first book that they read, I forget what the name of it is, but the first book that they read I thought was really interesting, because it's all about um, how these kids, they burn down a house, but not because of any inherently malicious reasons, but because of d- destruction and creation and the same thing and all that. It's all a metaphor. Yeah. Um, but I like how the movie is like, yeah, these people are doing bad things, and then they're the main characters, but it's all ironic and metaphorical, and then we've got Donnie Darko going around and doing bad things. Mm. And then Donnie Darko glocks a guy in the face for running over his girlfriend. What's some other plot points that they bring up? Oh, one plot point they bring up that they don't address is there's this one girl in school who's being bullied. Oh, yeah. She's listening in on all of Donnie's conversations when he's at school and has an entire book dedicated to him. What's your theory with that? Oh, she's got a crush on him. Yeah, okay. So we are the same. I saw some theories of, like, she's also a part of the time loop and is doing research. And I'm like, I- No. (laughs) That's dumb. No, she's just a teenager with a crush on him because he's a hottie. He's a looker. And he's kind of, like, the most popular kid in school as well. I mean, he's definitely popular. He, like, hangs out with the, the cool kids, you know, they're smoking and whatever. Like, he always speaks up in class and gets in trouble, so everyone's kind of on his side. Like, he is very popular at school. So I think she just has a crush on him. And it's funny when he, like, grabs her face and is like, it gets better for you in the future. Like, he's seen it. 
Um, so he tells her, and she's like, holy shit, get the fuck away from me. Ah, the, the correct reaction. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal comes up and just grabs your face and yells at you. And then uh, he steals her earmuffs, which is a bit fucking rude. But yeah, I've seen some fantastic- Because, like, my thing, I finished watching the movie and I was like, I'm going to go and watch a bunch of video essays to see what oh, other people no, think this movie is about. Why would you do that? No, because people love this movie and I, do- yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get why people love this movie to the degree that they do. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch some video essays. And one of the theories was, yeah, she's also in on the time loop and is doing research and making everything goes correctly. And I'm like, this is fucking dumb. Never mind. Why did I look up video essays? Well, it's just like, because this is more of a mainstream movie, it's it's people who don't usually watch uh, the big, big brain movies, watching a big brain movie and going, whoa, this is concepts that I never thought about. So it's like... It's like Baby's first uh, big brain movie, so that's why people like it so much. And I think that's a really, like, that's the the great thing about this movie, mm. is that it did make mainstream audiences want to make things like video essays, because yeah. now we get that for fucking everything. Sure, not everything needs one, but- Oh, we, we get one for everything, though. And people are constantly thinking, like, analytically and- and they're delving deep into the lore of movies, and I think that's fucking great. Yeah, I think I, I think that that that's awesome, and it means that we do get smarter movies mm. because of that. Which God help us, we need. We need smart films sometimes, actually. Yes, <laughs> we really need one. Good Lord, I think this movie's a little smarter than you're giving it credit for. You're you're kind of you're you're taking a big deuce in uh, the time vortex in the theater, you know, filling the timeline with poopy. But, um, no, I think, I think it definitely had, like, the movie script works by itself. It's just a little messy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got all this time theory stuff. I like the discussions that he does have with his teacher. We learn about this, like, whole time rift sort of thing. And potential time travel that could happen. Like the DeLorean. Yeah, yeah. Still don't know what that old lady was about. Grandma death. Yeah, because she writes a book that explains one of the main theories of the movie. So she's clearly got some knowledge about what's going on. But there's not much that actually happens with her. No. They just bump into her a couple of times and he tries to talk with her and then doesn't. Oh, what did you think of the moment when he, where something happens and he's like, hey, that's a deus ex machina. What did you think of that moment? (laughs) I hated that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's dumb. (laughs) That was very unexpected for me, and I'm like, ugh, that was groan-worthy. Because what is it? It's like Seth Rogen and the other bully are, are choking Gretchen, Yeah. but then a random car comes up, and they think it's the cops, so they run. Yeah. And then Donnie's like, yeah, deus ex machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> very, very stupid, because it's like- it's breaking the fourth wall, but it's also, like, doing it in the dumbest way po- Like, it's like babies first breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> well, I mean, the movie, it does feel like it was made by a film student. Mm. In many ways, it feels like a student film that was also backed by Drew Barrymore's production company, so it's got good budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, it is his first big foray into films, so... 
It's definitely a little, little rusty, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. There's uh, the school talent show, which is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Because we get Sparkle Motion. Sparkle Motion. Uh, which has the main character's little sister and a few other girls uh, doing a dance. Mm. And, you know, they're doing this big, like, production dance thing. And then they're so good, they get, like, recruited by, like, a talent agency to go overseas. And so they have to fly, which is why the mother takes the child and they go on a flight, which causes the flight, which has the engine, which causes whole fucking film. Because at the start of the film, spoiler, he nearly gets crushed by a giant engine falling into their house. Yes. And then at the end of the film, he does get crushed by a falling engine into their house, presumably on that day. There's a point in the movie where they go and they watch Evil Dead and then they're the only people in there and Gretchen falls asleep. I've got a lot of problems with this scene. Okay. Problem number one, it's Halloween night. You're going to a theater to watch Evil Dead and no one's there? That's like the number one like cult movie of all time. People would be there. First off, this is 2001, so maybe people didn't know it was a cult classic. All three films were out at that point. Two, it's an old shitty theater in the middle of a... A religious, <laughs> shitty old town. Perhaps no one gave a shit about it. Three, if it is a Halloween adjacent, maybe people are too busy going to Halloween. Uh, four, maybe this film was like the last week of its running, so everyone else had already seen it. By oh, this they've been point. showing it for a four. It wasn't like a one night only sort of thing. That could be it. That could be it. Um, but my other point, secondly, is Gretchen falls asleep while watching that movie. We've watched that movie. We've reviewed it on Patreon. I've seen it many times. That movie is fucking loud. That is a loud <laughs> film. You cannot fall asleep during it. It would wake you up. What if, fan theory, Darko drugged her? Fuck you, Darko. God damn it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbloody believable. Uh, no. Uh, like, just be exhausted, man. Like, <laughs> fuck. I just thought that was a dumb moment. I was like, this is very silly. Oh, it's funny that he goes out, burns a pedophile's place down, and then comes back. And now has this, like, alibi that he was at the theatre the whole time. Yeah. Like, that was very stupid. There's a lot of stupid moments like that throughout this film that's just, it's very coincidental and convenient, just, like, throughout the film. Yes. But I thought that was kind of funny. You know, this film is very silly in that aspect. And there's some other silly moments, like the script and the quotes that I've got. Oh, yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of fun things. There's a lot of uh, fun quotes and also really dumb quotes and cringy, I'm trying to write dialogue for teenagers but don't understand how teenage work yes. sort of quotes. Oh, yeah. One of these is where Donnie Darko, he's like, Hey, Maggie Gyllenhaal, you're such a fuck-ass. And she's like, did you just call me a fuck-ass? You can go suck a fuck. And he's like, tell me exactly, sister, how does one suck a fuck? No, that was pretty great. I, uh, I, I think that's how teenagers talk. They know. <laughs> I've totally had a conversation where someone said something stupid, and it's halted the conversation where we go, what the fuck did you just say? That's dumb. How does this, how would one do this? I mean, true, but I don't, like, no, no teenage would 
be like, you're such a fuck ass. Yeah. Maybe the little girl would say that because she yes. doesn't understand. She's heard the words and she's putting them together. But Darko wouldn't say. I, I the don't question know. is, how do you uh, suck a fuck? I don't know. You go in a room after people have been fucking and then you breathe in the air. Oh, don't like that. Mm, That's how you do I it. I hate that. Um, how about when he calls his mum a bitch and then the mum goes to the dad and says, oh, our son just called me a bitch. Uh, you're not a bitch. You're bitching, but you're not a bitch. <laughs> this movie script is so dumb. Yeah, look, the lines are very dumb, but it's very funny. It's funny, but it's also like, oh, cringy funny. Oh, wait, no, I forgot to bring something up. It was very funny when one of the students snor- snorted coke by the lockers. Anyway, oh, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. Um, uh, The eyeball shit, the eyeball shit. He's got like a computer eyeball. All, like, the close-ups on his eye, and then we see, like, the computer scroll thing on one side. Oh, right, yeah, Darko, yeah, yeah, yeah. At first I was like, are they trying to be like, he's in a simulation, is that what this is about? Oh, yeah. But no, they don't really explain any of that, because it ends with, like, time rewinding, and we see it through that sequence with, like, the eyeball and, like, the way that the eyeball's projected. Well, well, perhaps that is the simulation resetting. Maybe. And this, this is, in fact, a simulation. They've- a simulation where they've taken one random NPC and are just running loops to see what happens, Ooh, sort of thing. Ooh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And Frank is just a literal, like, player character where someone's gone into the simulation and they, like, mess with it, and Frank is the object in which they are messing with him. Perhaps. This being a simulation could could work as a theory. Because, I yeah. quite like that idea. That, that it's a simulation. And yeah, like, you're right. Like, someone's playing God and being like, what if I change this? Let's see what happens. The God figure in this scenario is the person running the simulation. Yeah. And Darko thinks he's fucking insane because the guy is singularly messing with him and no one else. So Darko is actually quite sane, but because of this person messing with him, he's just going crazy. Like... Maybe maybe in his early life, the guy in the simulation was teleporting Darko outside. This entire movie is just someone playing The Sims. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I like that idea. That's a fun idea. And I think it kind of works. He goes over to this plane. He clicks, copy pastes the, uh, the engine, goes over to his house, click, crash, falls into his house. It's like... And they're like, where the fuck did this come from, you know? It's a fun theory, but just to break it a little bit, this is my counterpoint theory to your good theory. Yep. Uh, The writer, he watched The Matrix and thought, that's a cool idea, I'll put some of that in my movie and then never explain it. Well, he only- that only happens when Darko peers into the vortex, peers into the time vortex. That's when we see the- Yeah, it's like whenever he sees Frank, I guess, or just before he sees Frank, I think it pops up sometimes too. Yeah, I think it's it, it when he's witnessing some of the time dilation. Yeah. He's able to see into the future, like, mathematical equations, like, all this bullshit- it's just like him viewing space time or perhaps a deeper look into the simulation. Ooh, the behind the scenes. Uh more fun moments, more quotes and stuff. I don't have too many. Yeah, I've got one quote, but I'm saving it for the end as my favorite quote. Okay. 
Seth Rogen being like, I like your boobs is cringy. Oh, the fucking Smurfette conversation. I hated that. <laughs> I That was dumb. <laughs> that was so funny. So dumb. That was great. This film, this film is dumb, but it's fun dumb, I feel. It's got a lot of fun, dumb moments in this. The, the weird thing is, this film is such a smart film. The fact that it has all this dumb dialogue is really jarring. I think that's what doesn't jive with you so much, is it has this combination between really smart theory crafting stuff and really dumb lines and dumb conversations, which, are, to me, are very funny. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the movie's that smart to begin with. Yeah, but but that's why well, why you hate it. Uh, but there is some really yeah some funny dumb quotes. But that Smurfette conversation it reminded me of like all the film bros on a podcast and we're talking about <laughs> hey Smurfette we'll talk about her and then they're having the conversation. We are those film bros, though, you know. It reminded me of more annoying film bros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I did like how it eventually devolved into him being like, uh, but why would you want to be a Smurf? Smurfs don't have dicks. What's the point of living if you don't have a dick? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, ah, he's just a horny teenager. Yeah, but also, it does bring up a point, is what is the meaning of life? But is it to just reproduce? Like rabbits. <gasps> it all comes around. Oh my god, this film is so smart, Sandro. How could you think it's dumb? I like how he was just like a big Smurfs fan and it was like, hey, you fucking idiot, Smurfette was made by Gilgamesh. <laughs> yeah. But also, the Smurfs could be a good allegory for this film because Darko could be the Smurfette, you know, just made by. Also, or Frank, I guess, would be the Smurfette. Yeah. Just to, just to, like, come in and fuck with the simulation. Gilgamesh being this god figure, right? Um, I did really enjoy, yeah, the scene where Patrick Swayze comes to do a uh, lesson, I guess, with the school. And we've got that kid who's like, how do I learn how to fight? And he's like, you don't want to learn how to fight. Fighting's fear or whatever. And then Dark gets up and is like, no, nah, just fucking go to like a martial arts lesson, you dum-dum. Also, Patrick Swayze, you're the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're... F- <laughs> I think you're the Antichrist. Yeah, no. I think I think he's just saying that to be problematic there. Like, he's deliberately saying things that will cause problems. Like, oh, yeah, I think you're the fucking Antichrist. Like... Holy shit, you're dumb. <laughs> All your solutions are stupid. Why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? Why are you wearing that stupid man suit? Mm, oh, that was dumb. That was really dumb. That is that is that is just genuinely dumb cuz it's like, oh, that's so deep, you know. Why why am I wearing this man suit? No. No, he's not wearing it. It's just his butt. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. Um, I hated how when Drew Barrymore's fired, she's got the words cellar door written on the blackboard. Oh, yeah. And she's like, it's the most beautiful combination of words, whatever, com- according to this writer. That then causes Donnie Darko, when he goes over to Grandma Death's house, to enter the house through the cellar door. Because he's like, cellar door. I was like, that's, I don't know. Again, yeah. if this movie was more about how you write a movie, maybe that would work. Same with the Deus Ex Machina, if it was, like, more about coincidences and, like... Yeah, po- poking 
more fun at like the whole like movie tropes and other things like that yeah i could see that i think that would be funny yeah i think that's also something an english teacher would do to leave their students with you know yeah like that bit i understand yeah the bit where he bumps into a cellar door and is like huh cellar door (laughs) that was just one of the the many like silly stupid moments in this film uh, no, I think it was trying to... That was a moment that the movie thought was smart, I think. I don't think the movie thought it was smart. Well, that's the thing. I guess it's perspectives. I, I think this film was quite funny. Yeah. I laughed at this film because it was very dumb in moments that were funny like that. I think it's just like, yeah, it's trying to be smart there, but it's in a dumb way and a sort of amusing way where it's like, oh, he finds us... Like, it makes sense that if they set up the cellar door thing, that it's got to pay off at some point that he will bump into a cellar door, right? But yeah, bit silly. And the one moment where I was like, this guy is just a big fan of David Lynch and wants to make his own David Lynch movie is when uh, Donnie tries to kiss Gretchen in the woods and she's like, no, there's that fat man over there looking at us. And, and then we pan over and there's like some fat guy in like a red suit being like, <laughs> and then later on... <laughs> On Halloween night, someone's like, oh, it's Halloween night. Everyone's dressed up. We cut to all the trick-or-treaters, and he's just there in the same suit, walking around, staring at the camera. I'm like, that's just a David Lynch moment. Yeah. That's just just like a creepy background character that Lynch would put in because it looks cool. Yeah. (laughs) And why not? Why not copy Lynch? I think Lynch is a great inspiration, and I think that's a great idea. But it's also, that's kind of funny. It was pretty funny. I laughed when he popped up again. I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I guess that's it. I I can't think of any anything else I want to bring up. I mean, oh, there's there's more themes about dying alone that we didn't bring up. Oh yeah, there's this whole thing where there's like uh, everyone dies alone. Yes, and then he talks about his dog, how it went and like when it died, it hid under the porch so it could be alone. I've I've heard that before. That I, I don't think that originated in this movie, but it might have because I have heard a lot of mm. people talk about that. Like everybody does, like not necessarily though. No, I'm sure some people died together. Like um, the plane that crashed. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people in that plane. Yeah, see right there, right there <laughs> in this movie, a lot of people died together. Then, uh, but then Darko's like, I've got to obey Frank, or else I'll die alone. But in the end, he does die alone. Yeah, he does. True. Good point. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Or are we really alone at any point, really? Like Because there's time gods. Yeah, not what I was going to say. <laughs> no, there's a server admin uh, who's underpaid, who's watching our simulation as we speak. And he's like, ah, this is all fucking bullshit, you idiots. If you can hear us, server admin, make sure that the Rockstar Games pays you better. Yeah, yeah, wow, wow. Don't succumb to the crunch, Sub for Admin. Yeah, of course, of course it's Rockstar Games who is the <laughs> simulation yeah. Uh, owner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good lord. Hey, if you could, like, manipulate the RNG so I could win a lottery ticket or something, that'd be great. <laughs> no, I'll just rig the RNG so you win at least one game of Hearthstone today. <laughs> oh, I'd fucking doubt it at this rate. I don't want to talk about that. Good lord, I've been on a losing streak there. Well, is it time to rate the movie? Yeah. Are you going to give this an oldie or a goodie or a hmm-y? I don't know what the hmm-y is supposed to be. <laughs> what the fuck is that, Sandro? We have a binary system. I'll give it I'll give it a goodie. A goodie? I'll give it a goodie. Um, I'm not going to steep down to your hmm-ys. 
unless by steeping down to the hummies, we come into a situation where hummies don't exist, and therefore we're stuck in a loop where we have to pick a binary system, otherwise we cannot continue on with the podcast. Oh, true. But the movie is a sort of a hummie, so we have to pick that one, but to break the loop, we have to go against the grain of the movie and what we actually think yes. and pick either an oldie or a goodie or a goodie but i think a hmm if we give a if we give this movie a hmm but we don't give them hmm to better movies that are more arty. movies that actually make you think <laughs> yeah what does that mean what what does that do uh it doesn't mean anything fucking read it whatever you want <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, just make up fan theories. How about you tell us in the comments down below what that would mean? So, it's a goodie from you. Look, I don't think it's bad, but I'm I'm going to give it an oldie. But I think, I think it's maybe worth watching if you haven't seen it so you can be in on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. people talk about this film a lot. Well, your, your argument is there's just better movies out there that have yeah. uh, better, like, sort of theories that make you think. It's a gateway film for Art House. It's a, ga- it's a gateway drug for Art House. Yeah. Gotcha. This is the, the shitty weed you find outside the, your local library of of <laughs> thinking films. Yeah. No, it's like how I Know What You Did Last Summer is like a gateway slasher movie. Because mm. it's not gory, but it's got slasher elements that could get you hooked to go back and watch the classics. This is like a gateway art movie to make you go back and watch better smart films. Well, that's the thing. I think the reason a lot of this is popular is because it has so much ideas put in it that aren't expanded on. Yeah. That you can sort of expand on any part you like about this film. Like, if you like the idea of a timey-wimey sort of, like, loop thing, you can expand on that. You can expand on alternate universes. You could expand on a weird, dumb god theory, Matrix theory. Yes, that the movie brings up in one line of dialogue and then ignores. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could bring up, uh, like, you could expand on anything. You could expand on the fact that this was all inside his head. It's all a dream. It didn't happen. You could expand on it all being a fucking dream. (laughs) And if you do that, you're lame and dumb. (laughs) And you're boring if you do that, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you walk through an art museum, what happens? You see some interesting things. You see some not so interesting things. (laughs) And if you're like me at all, you're probably a little bit sleepy. Well, grab a cafecito and listen up. It's Art Slice, a palatable serving of art history. I'm Russell Shoemaker. I'm Stephanie Duenas. We are not your daddy's art history podcast. (laughs) We are both artists. So we look at art history through that perspective. We cover the artists, you know, and those that have been ignored for so many different reasons. We look at the context of the time. We compare it 
to today. We don't dumb anything down, but, and this is a big but, hey, we like to have a good time, okay? Nos gusta to goof <laughs> around, all right? We have hungry pantry oh, no, mons that no, might startle you. It's a long story. We, we feed them our materials. Art is just a visual language, so in order for us to interpret what we think it's saying, we hijack the work. Right. How do you like that for an art heist? Exactly. And ultimately, we decide if it belongs in our Art Slice Museum okay. on top of the Art Slice okay. Hilltop. So, so if this all sounds good to you, join us on Art Slice, a palatable serving of art history. All right, an oldie and a goodie there for Donnie Darko. Now, Zach, I did mention that there is a sequel. Yeah, you did, but but you said he was making a sequel. Well, yes, there's an actual sequel that Richard Kelly is working on. Um, I think we got an update last year saying the script is, like, almost done. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. I, I don't know what a sequel would look like. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I like the idea that he's been working on it for a while, because obviously if he's done this, it was, like, a big thing for him, but, like, you could tell it's sort of, like, a first movie sort of thing. Like, yeah. It's, it's quite... It's a little bit messy, but it, like, has great ideas, great visuals, great fun. So, like, I'd like to see a sequel to this film. I think it would be interesting to see a sequel. Do you have bring back Jake Gyllenhaal? I don't know. Because, obviously, the cast of this movie got more popular, so maybe you do, but I don't know. It really... Uh, and that would be cool to see him in this again. Yeah. Like, 20 years later. But then it could just be, like, a Matrix 4. Yeah. Where it's, like, a recap slash meta commentary on it all. I don't know. Again, that could work, maybe. Yeah, but that one would work better for this type of movie than The Matrix. Because The Matrix has, like, one theory, right? The Matrix got one good movie. <laughs> um, no, but that's, like, one theory is The Matrix is the theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not, like... Uh, this is all time manipulation. No, it's the Matrix. We know the theory. They're in a simulation. The theory is that they're still in the Matrix, even when they leave the Matrix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is a great theory. But yeah, that's true. In Donnie Darko, it, it, it would make more sense. Yeah, it would make more sense because it's it sort of is built to break the fourth wall, as it were, almost, but not. But yeah, no, he's working on a proper sequel, but we did get a studio sequel in 2009 called S. Darko. Yes. Uh, it is a sequel all about the younger daughter, Samantha, uh, and the actor returns. 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, all Whoa. the bad reviews, everyone hates it. I'm intrigued to see how bad it is. I also want to see what they sort of did with this. Because, yeah, this seems like a... Yeah, that is weird to go from the... I guess you can't do Donnie Darko, obviously, because he's Donnie fucking dead. Unless they want to make a movie about a man pancake, because he's fucking flat. Just fucking done. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Or or you could do a film... You could do one about Frank, you know? Go back and do Frank. Oh, it's all from Frank's perspective. It's yeah, the same movie. Yeah, from Frank's perspective. Like, same movie, but Frank's perspective, where he's like... Donnie Jason, he heard, he is about all this stuff, but he also has, like, a time loop... Yeah. ...that's separate from Darko's. Yeah. So he has this whole separate loop. Maybe, maybe like, we see, like, random things which expand on the universe, like... He knows the... He knows Donnie Darko's girlfriend's mum. Ooh, okay. Because that's talked about in the movie. And uh, the dad 
because that's talked about, the girlfriend talks about her mum and dad being, like, psychos and other things. That's another plot point that I forgot to bring up. Yeah, true. Oh, his dad also brings up that his dad was crazy too and had to take pills. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe we could expand on that sort of thing while also being in Frank's perspective where he's in this loop. Yeah. Where he, he gets, he keeps getting shot. Like, it opens up with him being shot by Donnie Darko. And he's like, I bet you're wondering how I got into this scenario. Well, <laughs> my yeah, laugh was quite bang, crazy. And there's like a bullet there. Man, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd probably do that. No, that's dumb. But it's a dumb movie. <laughs> First off, that's ripping off another film. Second off, that's an opening to a comedy film where this is definitely not. Like... It's comedic. No, what would happen is it would be him drinking a few drinks with the boys, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he gets in his car and he drives over to the thing and then he hits a girl and then he's like, holy shit, what are you doing? And then he gets shot. Yeah. That's the beginning of the film. And then he wakes up like, I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm not going to do these things. Like, I've had a premonition. But he doesn't think he's crazy. He's like sane. Yeah. Um, but the, I did a little bit of Googling, the, uh, the synopsis for the studio sequel, uh, it's about, yeah, the sister, she's also sleepwalking, she's also has hallucinations, sure. she goes on a road trip to a, a small town and uncovers mysteries about time travel and shit. Oh, great. It looks really bad. I'd be interested in seeing that. Chuck it on the Patreon. Why not? I'll, I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on the list. So we can shit on that movie. But we do have to make up our own sequel, uh, which is also going to be a crossover with another movie. I just did. It's it's uh, Donnie Franco. Donnie Franco. <laughs> but now we're going to make up a crossover with another movie in the bloody podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm going to get my Franco movie. No, we're wiping the slate clean. No, 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 no. I want to combine my Franco movie with whatever movie you come up with. No, fine. <laughs> Uh, but I'll also come up with a different idea. Um, yeah, so yeah, sure. Random number generator is going to give me a number, number 68. That's a great thing. With our multi-universe thing, with our time travel, with our simulation, we can combine any movie with this movie. Oh, and we've got an absolute banger. So episode oh, number yeah. 68, we've got to come up with a crossover between Donnie Darko and the movie from that episode, which is Murder Rock. Murder Rock. Oh my god, Murder Rock. Hell yeah. That movie that gave me a headache, but I actually kind of liked it in retrospect. Well, it was a good film. The problem was it just kept using the same soundtrack, one track over and over again. Yeah. Which literally just drove the audience insane because it's like, it's just use a different song. It's not like it's a bad movie. It's just really, like, it's irritating to watch because you get sick of a song because it's yeah. played so fucking much. And also the ending twist was really dumb. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, go and listen to that episode. It's a fun episode and a fun movie, but it's an Italian horror about people who are killed at a dance class. Oh, my... I've got the idea. All right, go for it. Mad World. The cover of Mad World in this movie that every fucking contemporary slash ballet teacher mm. has done at least three routines to. Yeah. That song plays at the start of the film. We see a dance class. Mm. It's Samantha Darko. Mm. It's the, um, what's the dance troupe? Uh, it is Sparkle Motion. Sparkle Motion. It's Sparkle Motion. They're doing a dance to ma- to the Mad World cover. All around me from Right? Yeah. But the song is uh time travel 
<laughs> wow. Wow, you really nailed that landing there. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, no, There's a killer at the school. Yeah, yeah. And the killer is dressed up as a bunny. Yeah, it's Frank. It's Frank. <laughs> well, no. No, it's not. Nope, it's Frank. Wait, it's Frank who wants revenge. Yeah. Because Frank got shot in the- No, he didn't. It's the reset timeline. He's- So Frank has had his own visions. Yeah. He's seen that Donnie shot him in the eyeball and then ended the world and, like, killed himself to save the world and everything. But Frank's like, but I was meant to be the chosen one. And so, yeah- What's a sharp object? Because all Italian horrors are like a sharp object. I mean, you could just have a knife. I mean, uh, Donnie Darko has a knife at one point, right? A knife, or a or an axe. Oh, he has the axe from the bronze statue Ooh, in the movie. Yeah, we see him wrench it out of the statue. Yeah, and then he's driven crazy by these visions. And these hallucinations. Yeah. He's haunted by a different person in a different animal costume. <laughs> that, that's dumb, but that's very funny, so I'll allow it. And he dresses up in the Frank the Rabbit, and uh, he goes to the sparkle motion, and he starts killing all the teachers with the axe, and it's an Italian horror. But he's also, like, he's a, he's like a break dancer. He's like Oh, also- yeah, he also dances. Yeah. And we get, like, a hip-hop version of Mad World. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, I hate that. Every yeah. song is Mad World. <laughs> oh, because, like, when he dies, he was playing Mad World on the radio of the car mm. or something. So he keeps hearing Mad World over and over again. Yeah. And the dance studios keep playing it because there's this dance routine that Sparkle Motion. But he's, like... He lives near the studio or something, so he's always hearing it, and it just drives him insane. Yeah. He's just going insane. Oh, so every time he hears the song, he goes into a murder spree. Yeah, he goes completely insane and just starts murdering people. And the end of the film is him going insane, like, driving away just to get away from the song. Drives, hits a lady, hops out, gets shot. Oh boom. my god, boom. It uh, doesn't really make any sense like it, to tie it into the... It's a sequel, but it also takes place during Donnie Darko. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really make any fucking sense, but also doesn't matter. That's pretty great. And, and he could be like, I've got to end the loop, you know? Mm, got to end the loop. End the loop and start a new one. Murder Rock, Dancing Darko. <laughs> There isn't really a way to make the title, because the title is the name of the character who's not in the sequel. <laughs> oh, you could just call it Dancing Darker. Dancing Darker, yeah. Well, remember, the the girl, right? She is a Darker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're all- that's their last name. So it could half follow Frank and half follow her. While she's trying to, like, survive this dangerous dance school where someone keeps murdering everyone. We've got to age them up. So they're probably, like, 16-ish now. Yeah. So that they can get murdered on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, because she's the final girl. All of the sparkle motion die but her. And she's the one who shoots him. Oh! Because she's the final girl. So she survives at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could have she could have a thing where it's like Halloween and she's got to dance up, but she's also got to take out this killer. Like, from her perspective, it's just a horror movie. Yeah. Where where she at the end figures out who it is and has to kill him. Yeah. And the movie ends with her doing a contemporary routine to Mad World. <laughs> yes, of course. At, at the funeral for the entire dance class who died. Interpretive sad dancing for the... Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, the, exactly. The dead members of Sparkle Mission. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Very good. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> wow, beautiful ending. 
It's time for River 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 Time Reviews. This is where I go back in time and go peer into people's consciousnesses and extract reviews from them and then write them on Rotten Tomatoes for them. Yep, okay. <laughs> I get these reviews and I tell them to Sandra and he has to guess what they've rated this movie. Now, I already know the answers because a rabbit man told me, so I'm going to get Ooh. every single one correct. That's right, I'm predicting the future. Oh, shit. What if this is like the timeline where it all breaks down, like this is the end? Doesn't time. matter because I still got it correct in one universe. Ah, yeah, there is a universe probably where you got them all correct. Mm-hmm. And my mind will be fucking blown. You have to rate them between 0.5 and 5. That's how Rotten Reviews works. Let's go. Yep. Let's start. Let's, let us begin. Draven says, Donnie Darko is a movie that didn't age poorly. And this has made a star out of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Which adds more to this gem. Right. The movie has aged well. No, no, no. The movie didn't age poorly. It didn't age poorly. And an actor got great roles after the movie. Which therefore made this movie better. I am not <laughs> sure... <laughs> I thought you would like this one. It's probably a three. I feel like it's positive, but it's the bare minimum of being positive. Well, he said, and it made the star out of Jake Gyllenhaal, which adds more to this gem. Oh, gem. The word gem is a big one. Um, But I will... Yeah, okay. I'll say 3.5. I'll bump it up a bit. 3.5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 4.5. It was very positive. It's a gem of a movie, Sandra. I, just, I, I don't know what oh, you're shit, doing. I'm recording the wrong timeline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> immediately the wrong timeline. This is the end time. You're going to get crushed by a giant fucking plane engine at the end of this review. I will be, yeah. You better get more of these right, otherwise you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Kelsey says, I kept waiting for this movie to get better. And then the next thing I knew, the credits were rolling. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. big uh, statement right there. Um, yeah, pretty savage. I was waiting for this movie to get better, and then the credits were rolling. So you just watch the whole movie being like, get better, get better, get better. Yeah. I'm going to say two out of five. Oh, you're close, but it's actually one out of five. Oh, they really didn't enjoy really this Really did not enjoy it. That's a Man, shame. You are, you're not doing well for this whole stopping yourself getting crushed by a plane engine thing. You really got to step up your game with... Uh, Sai here who says this caused my friend to have an existential crisis oh no <laughs> i hope your friend's okay yeah this caused my friend to have an existential crisis five out of five is my guess <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually 1.5 uh see if this was a letterbox review that would be five out of five this caused my five friend out of five. To have it was like hell crisis. yeah this made my friend go to an existential crisis <laughs> this movie is a fucking banger like I, I feel like that's an endorsement of the film, I, like, yeah, that I it made so. him think so much, yeah. you know? But, uh, no, they were like, holy shit, my friend is just is just in a desperate state of this. Fuck this film. Uh, Mike says, uh, this is my favourite Doctor Who episode. Mm, Doctor Who is, like, better than this. Um, <laughs> uh, although, true, there's some moments of it that do kind of feel like that. Um, but, uh... That might be your review. It might be. But either way, I'm I'm going to guess it's probably like a four. It's four out of five. Ah, it's 3.5. Ah, 3.5. Very close. Very close. We have Rich, who says, My biggest takeaway from Donnie Darko is, 
It's amazing what a person can get done when they know the end of the world is coming. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I hate that so yeah, much. That's their that's their biggest takeaway from this, by the way. It seems positive, so I'll go four again. I'll say four again because it feels positive, but there's no opinion. Hey, guess what? It's three point five again. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong I'm getting not only am I getting crushed by a fucking jet engine. And an elephant's also going to fall on me. Oh, shit. And an anvil. <laughs> oh, no. And a piano. Oh, no. Um, Theodore says, if you watch the director's cut on acid, it will fuck you up. <laughs> it will fuck that. That's going to be five out of five. If you're watching acid. It's five out yeah, of five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. You get to live this time. I got one correct. Very good. And which one was my review? Doctor Who. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I just thought, ah, this is my favorite Doctor Who episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, it's up there with Weeping Angels, you know? It's that time the Doctor dressed up in a rabbit suit and fucked with a teenager. All right, well, that's the episode right there. Uh, thanks for listening to our uh, in-depth review of Donnie Darko here on Oldie mm, But A Goodie. A very deep review, I'd mm, say. Silly review, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, we're on all the socials at Oldie But A Goodie Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we've got some personal accounts there too. We're on all the socials, including that one run by Trump, that like alternative Twitter thing he has. Is that? Oh, I forgot it, that. That was a thing. Yeah. No one cares. No, we're not on that. We're not on Zack Snyder's Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one that Kanye just bought so he could say more anti Semitic things, you know. All the stuff, oh, we're on patreon.com forward slash oldiebodygoodypod for ad-free episodes and also bonus episodes like the bonus episode of The Others, which is out soon. Also, thanks to everyone who reviews us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really helps out the show. Thanks to Josh Cake for the theme song. Thanks to That's Not Canon Productions for all this shit. And also thanks to everyone who's been listening to the show for so long. Fuck, this is episode 199. Next week is episode 200, Zach. Ooh. And it's coming out on Halloween. So it's going to be a spoopy Halloween spectacular next week, no matter what happens. Happens. Oh my goodness. Well, wow, that's very exciting. I'm sure we're going to do something, you know, really good. Yes. And a good use of our fucking time. I think so, because I've got all the options here, um, and I guess I'll read them out to you, and then you can pick maybe one of the options, and then we could also pick some of the other ho- like horror films we've missed out on this oh, year. Oh, yeah, That yeah, could be yeah. fun. I don't know. Let's see what happens. But I'm going to read these options out to you, all right? All right. Your first options for movies that we could do in episode 200. Amelie. It's an award-winning comedy about a shy waitress who decides to change the lives of those around her to help deal with her isolation. That's a very popular drama. Okay. Uh, I think it's French. It's pro- it's probably French. Right. Okay. That's not a that's not a horror though. We want to do a want to do a horror for a big 200. We want something a bit big. Yeah, you, yeah, so not a not like an arty kind of French. Yeah, not quite what I'm looking for. Sounds good, though. Um, How about domestic disturbance? Oh, yeah? A man learns that his ex-wife's new husband is a little bit sus, so he goes to investigate. Um, that, does, that also doesn't sound very horror-esque. All right. Mm, okay, okay. True, true, true. All right. How about uh, the man who wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. A barber plans to blackmail his wife's boss for money to invest in a dry cleaning business. <laughs> okay. So far, the options have uh, not been great this week. 
this is uh this is going downhill fast. I hope you've saved some good ones for the end. Uh what about what about what about uh the one? Martial arts sci-fi film with Jet Li about an agent who travels the multiverse to kill other versions of himself so he can become the one. Uh sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's it. That's all I got. It just sounds interesting. Well, I'll, I'll put it on the Patreon list. It's not really. Uh, it's not really horror. No, no. That's the problem here. We're really looking for something like horror, like a big two hundredth episode. I want like a a big horror like franchise almost. You know, this one isn't a franchise, but it is pretty horrible because okay. it's uh, Wasabi, a French action comedy about a cop who teams up with a spy Ooh. to learn secrets about his daughter. It stars Leon the Professional, and I've seen it oh. with Ben, and it's awful. Don't pick it. It's really bad. Oh, <laughs> oh, damn it. I was about to say, that sounds really great, apart from the French bit. Wow. <laughs> Got him. Uh, yeah, no, that's a terrible film. Don't pick it. <laughs> Don't pick oh, it. That's a, that's a shame, because that sounded all right. Uh, you've got Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. Pixar movie about power company gets energy from scaring kids. Yep, yep, yep. Is that horror enough for you, do you think? No. <laughs> well, we've got one more option. One more option. Oh, one more. One more. Okay. One, one we will option. Uh, well, it better be a good option. It's called Jason X. Oh! <laughs> Jason Voorhees is in space killing people. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Now that's what I'm looking for. That's an all-time classic. That's part of a big series. Boom. Done. Lock it in. You, you're locking in Jason X? Oh, absolutely. Jason X has got to be it. Boys! Whoa! Boys! Who was that? It's me, I'm Dr. Brown. (laughs) Dr. Brown? Hey! Oh my god. Dr. Brown! It's me, don't you recognize me, boys? I'm I'm the doctor from the future. Like Doctor Who? Can't you can't you recognize this iconic white lab coat and glasses on the head, and uh, me saying eighty eight miles an hour, you know, in the DeLorean sideways door car? No, for some reason I don't recognize any of those things. You sound a lot like very familiar. Are you from like a sci fi movie or something? Mm. I'm from the future. The oh my future? god, the future? Yeah, you we, you gotta go back with me there. Huh. Why are you here, Dr. Brown? Boys, I gotta I gotta tell you some real important news. Oh yeah. Boys, I gotta tell you that the world is gonna blow up. <laughs> the world is gonna blow up. Oh no, oh, no that's terrible. If you twos don't help me out, and you gotta you gotta do something for me, otherwise the world is gonna blow the <laughs> fuck up. Oh no. Uh, okay, what do, what do we need to do? How can we help you? You gotta watch you gotta watch a a very specific movie. Wait, we can't do Jason X? No, no, no. If you watch Jason X, then your world is gonna blow up. Oh no! Because it doesn't follow the required order of things. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's gonna cause a chain reaction, like in the movie Fatal Destin, Final Destination. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. And it's gonna cause a, a domino effect. Oh, that's gonna cause the the overturn of life as we know it. Oh, like in the movie Robots. Yeah. Like in the movie. 
the butterfly effect. Oh, yeah, that also makes sense. So, boys. Yeah? You gotta listen to me very carefully. Yeah? You're li- are you listening? Do you have your listening hats on? I don't have a hat for listening. I mean, my headphones are on, so... Yeah, those ones. Now listen to me very carefully. There's a very specific movie. It's called Twilight. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> you got that, boys? Uh, yeah. There's no way you can fuck this up. This is an easy <laughs> task. Okay, boys, I'm gonna hop back into the sideways door car and fuck <laughs> off back to the to where I came from uh, <laughs> and really fast. So, wow. Uh, uh, I uh, that's that's me. Bye. Can't believe you just hijacked our episode 200. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So, uh, see you later, um, Docky Brown. I'm already gone. Well, there you go. Uh, yep. Um, so I, I guess we're doing that instead, huh? I, I, uh, Twilight. Yep. For episode 200? The fucking timing, man. What? Yeah, well, that sucks. Oh my god. Well, I, I can, we can, we can watch Jason X afterwards, I guess. Maybe. Oh, it depends if Friday the 13th wins the Mega Series on Patreon, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, well, fuck it. All right, next week, uh, Twilight, Uh, I guess. I guess if we have to save the world, maybe it's a... Well, it makes sense if it's a timey-wimey thing. Yeah. And if we don't do it, the world ends. It's like Donnie Darko. It's much like Donnie Darko. I guess it all comes full circle. Well, sorry to our long-time listeners, we're not doing something big and exciting for episode 200, we're doing Twilight. (laughs) Certainly big. Fuck. It it can't be that bad, right? Surely Surely. it can't be that bad. We've got to get some guests on. Yeah, you know what? Let's get some help on this. Sure, we can, we can, we can get through this. We just need a few hands on deck. You know, it's our two hundredth episode. We can, we can pull a few strings, get a few of the, yeah, the greats in here. Some of the fam. All right. Well, then we'll do that next week for episode two hundred. Uh, Twilight. Apologies to everyone who wanted a man. I really wanted to do a whole bunch of horror films, but I guess we are doing at least one in the form of Twilight. Here's the thing, though. Maybe the, it, it will be horror because it will be horrifying to watch. Well, that's next week. Uh, let's wrap it up with the best quote from Donnie Darko. I've got my best one. You've got your best one. I'm looking through all of mine. And honestly, I just think you're the fucking Antichrist. <laughs> Well, sometimes, Sandro, I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. (laughs) 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 A plan has finally come into fruition. Oh, they will never know, brother Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, why you call me brother? That's, I mean, you know, we're good friends. I get it. Yeah. But, like, it's a little weird. Yeah, I was just kind of getting into the role of, like, mad scientists. Yeah, do they call themselves brothers? Probably. You're going to call Doc brother? Brother Doc? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, I, oh, 
I wonder if they're ever going to suspect anything, Zach. Oh, yes, yes. They will never suspect anything. My clone is far too stupid to figure out anything. That's true. And my clone is too obsessed with coming up with dumb segues to notice anything else. <laughs> That's true. He always does obsess over those things. Yes, our plan is coming to fruition. Our simple plan. As you already know, Zach, our plan was to replace ourselves halfway through that episode seamlessly with clones. Clones who we're going to play a sick experiment on. Mm, I do know that. I don't know why you're explaining it to me again, but, you know. Oh, true. But, uh, no, yes. How do you have a plan? Oh, fantastic. (laughs) 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 Uh, And then, of course, as you already know, we brought in our cohort, Dr. Brown from the the future. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yes, sure, Dr. Brown isn't from New York, but they won't know that because we programmed our clones to have forgotten all information about the movie Back to the Future. Yes. Oh, episode 200 is going to be devilishly wonderful. (laughs) They'll never know the difference. Oh, hey, Doc Brown. (laughs) 